Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. With me today is Brenda Dempsey. Brenda is an innovative publisher of Book Brilliance, award-winning master coach, and an international best-selling author. And I'm really looking forward to speaking to Brenda today. Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. With me today is Brenda Dempsey. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Paul. How are you today? Great. Absolutely brilliant. I've been having a great day working with my team and clients. Brilliant, brilliant. And what is it you've been up to this week? Well, Paul, I'm glad you've asked that question because we're about to have our second anniversary at Book Drummond's Publishing. And as part of that um, celebration, we're launching a magazine called Brilliance. So we have been busily doing the last bits of the edits, making sure everything's quality, that the, the uh, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and ready to go to the printer I think next week. Oh, brilliant! Okay, that's that, that's that's going to be great, and I, I know that I've I've got a little part of that as well, haven't I? Yeah, of course, Paul. We couldn't couldn't have some uh, a magazine called Brilliance and not have Paul Cork in that. Given that we go back <laughs> quite a few years, Paul. So of course, I was going to have you in there talking about leadership and reframing your mind. Brilliant! You, you, you're too kind. Um, so as, as you know, the podcast, Brenda. That this is it's reframing mindset for success, but I always start with your story. So, in as many words as you want to tell it, what, what's your story? Well, my story depends how far back you want me to go, Paul. But really, um, I come from a very working class background. You know, I was brought up uh, in Glasgow, and, and my father was a labourer. My mother just did an odd job here and there. But there was something in my childhood that I realised made me a very strong, determined um, human being. And um, I was always quite proactive. At the age of 10, I was taken aback by um, the starving children in Biafra. I saw it on the television and television was quite new um, uh, in the late 60s. And I said to my mum, I'm going to raise money for them and have a jumbo sale because that's the only thing I knew that you could do to raise money and of course my mother says no you are not and you know and I was a child that was you know I never um misbehaved or disobeyed my mother but that cause was bigger than my mother and bigger than me and I went out as a 10 year old and raised a week's wages in 1967 I think 68 and um that stayed with me for a long a long time and um so that was the start of my sort of giving back and helping others um and then i i, I left school without any qualifications paul <laughs> uh, which is hard to believe now and um i got married young and i had four children and um but that point in my life became very dark um because i found myself in a, an abusive relationship not oh, just for wow. a year or two but for more than a decade and with these four children and to compound the dark situation what i was going through my parents were ill my mother developed lupus she was ended up in a wheelchair she needed a lot of care oh, and um and, and then what happened one summer in 1992, I believe it was, um, a, a terrible incident took place and I left my um, 
marital home for the, the last time and, and had to flee with my four children, found myself in um, sheltered accommodation um, with my children. Actually, they lived with other, their friends' parents for uh, just a short time, but still we were a bit fragmented. And then I got a house by the local government, you know, the council. Yeah. Um, and all of this took place in the final year of my teaching degree. Now, I'm sure many a person would have just thrown in the towel. towel but as I told you, there was something about me as a child about determination. Yeah. But I knew getting that degree was the freedom that I needed, the financial freedom that I needed to get myself out of the dark hole that I was in. Because I've always worked. And here I was living off the state. But do you know what? I had to swallow my pride and I just had to take whatever help came away between, you know, the government, family, friends, um, to get me through that final year. And um, lo and behold, celebrated the best day of my life next to wow. giving birth to my four children. Um, and uh, I got that degree. And that piece of paper gave me financial freedom for the first time ever wow. since being Brilliant. married. Um, so that, that that was great. So I was a teacher for 25 years. Yeah. I My parents died in 2004 and 2005. And fortunately, how the universe works, I wasn't even looking for love or anything like that, but I found a partner who lived in Surrey here in England where I am now. So in yeah. 2005, three weeks after my mother died, my children had left the nest. I was an empty nester. Life was a bit lonely and totally different from the absolute chaos that I'd lived in for the last 15, 20 years. So yeah, I yeah. packed everything up and I came to Surrey and I never looked back. Wow. So I got a job straight away working in special needs because I'd worked in special needs in Scotland. Yeah. Um, and that's given me a lot of um, uh, strength and taught me a lot of skills that um, I'm using today. Um, patience and tolerance and understanding, diversity and inclusion, all of those things. And um, and that was great. And uh, I worked as a Senko in a special school. And then um, I had an opportunity to move up the ladder. So I moved to a, a mainstream secondary school as the Senko there. But I lasted only two years. I fell out of love with teaching. And yet, quite, quite crazy how things happen in life because um, I'd wanted to be a, a teacher since I was five and six years eight of, um, yeah. old. And here I was ready to give it up because I'd got on that path. You'll know this, Paul, the path of spiritual enlightenment and personal development. Yeah. And I realised that I'd outgrown education because of the small mindedness, the, the fixed mindset. And here I was, a person with a huge growth mindset, um, developing emotional intelligence and all the other great skills that help us as leaders um, to support other people. Yeah. And um, so I gave up my job. I was very blessed. I, I had an amazing partner. And um, I, I wanted to bring up my um, coaching business, coaching practice. So I did that for four, five years. But yeah, yeah. in between time, I was asked to contribute to an anthology. And I thought, me, an author? And then I thought about it, Paul, and I realised that actually being an author is a great thing because yeah, yeah. that might raise my profile because people look at authors differently. And this is before I knew everything I know today as a publisher. 
Um, so I started writing, then I got the bug, and then a few months later, somebody else asked me to write, and it was about leadership. So I wrote about holistic leadership, which I'm all about because of holistic development of children. It was all I ever knew, that and reflection, uh, reflect, being a reflective practitioner. Yeah. So, um, so I got onto that. Then I had the opportunity because of a disaster, again, out of adversity, I had the opportunity to work with um, a, a publisher, which I did so for oh just under two years, and then COVID hit. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've got people asking me to help them write books and could I publish their book? And I thought, well, I'm not a publisher. I can help you write a book, but publish. And then it got me thinking, and a few other people said, well, why not, Brenda? You could do it. You know what to do. And, and I thought, well, I'm a leader. I could do it. And why not? I've ran a school. Um, let's have a go at it. And I, I, I knew the basis, put it that way. So I was very fortunate to be able to find two amazing people who were also um, a victim of the pandemic. And they came and started working with me. And we've not looked back. And we'll be two years two years old in June. And in that time, we now have authors on a global stage in um, Portugal and France and Germany uh, and India and in America and Canada, Australia. Wow, so we, you know, so in a short space of time, I have made an impact on our global stage. And this is what I guarantee my authors. So that's my story. And today I'm loving what I'm doing because I'm impacting other people's lives and they are making such a difference. And that's my byline, making a difference on a world stage. Brilliant, brilliant. That's such an amazing story. You know, I mean, obviously the, you face some real hardship in your life. But actually, you know, you come through that and, and you come through that stronger and, you know, to, to, to be able to do the, you know, the teaching, the coaching and now to actually be a book publisher who's got authors across the world. That's a fantastic achievement, Brenda. So, you know, I'm, I'm a massive well done before we, we, we go any further. So, so, so you, you know, the, the day to day now, what, what's involved in your day to day as, as, a, as a publisher? Oh, day to day. Well, this is why I love what I do, because I can make a difference to um, so many different people's lives. And so, like, for example, today we were looking at doing the finalisation of editing the magazine, as I've already said. I've yeah. been working with clients. Um, I'm part of the same group as you, B1G1. It's so important that we keep ourselves grounded. So every day is different for me. Um, yeah. Thursday night, I've got my um, Awaken Your Voice event. Um, networking event which I love I, I do two of those so no week is the same um, every day is different and some days I'm just working I'm writing some days some days uh, you know I've got my visionary hat some days I'm creating um, but it gets you know as leaders and when we become visionaries sometimes we've got to draw in because we can go on and on creating but it's about creating and 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 really honing that practice and, and and creating something that's worthwhile that people are looking for so yeah and as you said everybody's got a book in them everybody's got a story and that's what's important for me but what's important is using your story to leave a legacy that is my driver 
Right. Okay. That's great. And what 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 advice would you give to anybody who's who's thinking of writing that book? Do it. Just do it. Yeah. Do your due diligence, though, because this is something that's happened quite recently for us, and that is um, there, there was a damning report on hybrid publishers, and I suppose I'm a hybrid publisher, um, but I don't see myself quite like that. I see myself more, um, you know, as an independent uh, publisher, which in a way is hybrid. But um, a lot of the hybrid publishers are not, um, they're not clear in that an investment is involved, you know, because everybody thinks traditional publishing, you go with a story and if you're very, very, very lucky in like 0.05%, you'll get an advance, you'll, you'll get all these royalties and all these things. But actual, actually, um, that is such a hard nut to, to crack. So, um we have just devised this week, based on that report, 15 principles of publishing, and we are trailblazing them for hybrid publishers, because having come from education, where everything is standardised, and I was an outstanding practitioner, I want to take that same quality and excellence into my business, into my publishing house. So I'm very proud that we have been um, trailblazers um, on that. So yeah, delighted. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, the, the advice there is, you know, everybody's got a book in them, haven't they? So, so just do it. Now, as you know, Brenda, that this this podcast series it's about reframing your mindset. So, you know, a question I do ask it is why is mindset so important to you? Oh, mindset is everything. Um, in a lot of the write-ups about me, I talk about um, the I can mindset, the I can movement, um, because, you know, it's all about, I, I already touched on it, you know, whether it's a fixed mindset or a growth mindset, one has to develop a growth mindset in order to be unstoppable, to be fearless and to make a difference in the world. So for me, mindset is everything. But I'm, I talk about holistic um, publishing. So that means I love working with people to fuse a strong growth mindset with their heart and with their soul. So looking at emotional intelligence and, and looking at understanding who you are and everything is based on the foundation of values, vision and mission. Because when you begin there, decision making is so much easier. You know who you are. It's it's so much easier to stay focused and to drive forward and achieve your goals so that you can inspire, impact and influence others. Yeah, so so agree. That's that's really well put. And and how would you describe your mindset then? I guess some some of what you've just said will be part of that. But you know, if you were to um, so I'm human, but I would I like to think I've mastered my mindset. But that doesn't mean I'm a hundred percent perfect at all. No, I'm still human, and still I can get upset at things. I can find my energy and motivation levels go down. But as you know, when you master something, Paul, you've got a, a toolkit there and you know that sometimes you've just to allow yourself to be. You, you allow the thoughts and feelings to pass without judge, judgment. So that's all that spiritual mm -hmm. inner development that you do. 
using mindfulness, using um, meditation, and you know, being in nature and acceptance. Acceptance is everything. Awareness. You do not know what you do not know. So it's so important that all these um, tools I've learned over decades. I walk my talk. I think I've used that phrase already. So I never work with anybody and ask them to do something that I've not practiced myself or that I don't do myself. So yes, I'm the same as everybody else, but I'm in control because I know I want to be at a high vibrational level. I want to live my life in love. As I say to people, put on my rose tinted glasses and come and live in Brenda's world. Why would I want to live in a world of blame and shame and judgment? Why would yeah. you want to live there? So I choose not to live there. So yeah, I would say I'm a very strong minded woman um, who's mastered her mindset only because she's got a toolkit that allows her to do so. Brilliant, brilliant. And I, I, I always ask then, because I mean, you, you're talking then, it's probably a technique in itself of putting, you know, taking one hat off, put the other hat on, we, we, <laughs> you're referring to it as glasses then, you know, so come into Brenda's world and put the glasses on. Are, are there any practical tips around mindset? You know, would, would that be one of them or are there others that you've got? Um, well, I have one, I call it plot twist, you know, and, and I learned this before I was a publisher and things, but it, it's, it's quite um, funny that it's called plot twist. And plot twist, you know, I've, I've done NLP as well, Paul, so that's also helped and I've done psychology as a, an educationalist. So all of these background things, they all come together and you just enhance what you've already got. So plot twist is reframing. So if you say, oh, I don't know, I can't write that report or I can't do marketing, for example. So there's a quick way where you might say yet, but say you get a, a, a thought it creates anxiety or something like this. So what you do when you get the negative thought and you acknowledge that it's a negative thought, you yeah. stop yourself by saying plot twist. And if you can say it out loud, all the better, because we need multisensory. So the sound will stop us in our tracks. And then what you do is, depending on your orientation, so I consider my left to be negative and I consider my right to be positive. So you, you, you're you in a, on the train, think of the underground and the platform, and to mm -hmm. the left is the negative tunnel and to the right, is going into the light and the positive tunnel. So you get this negative thought and the train comes from the negative end and it stops. So what you say to yourself, okay, this thought, you don't serve me. And you put the thought on the train and you let the doors close and you say, bye-bye. And you watch that thought disappear into the, the tunnel, into the abyss, into the darkness, the black hole, whatever you want to call it. And then from the... The, the light comes another train. So while you're waiting for that other train to approach, you switch that thought. So as I say, oh, I'm feeling miserable today. Choose a different thought and say, I feel happy today. I feel happy when um, I smell the roses or I, I play the piano or whatever it is for you that makes you happy. Yeah. And what you do is you take that happy thought and you get on the train with the happy thought. So you've reframed the negative to positive. You get on the train and then, the, and then your thought and you together 
go into the light. And by the right. time you've done that, that I know it's taken me longer to explain it than to actually do it. You can do that in like minuscule seconds, you know. Um, so that is one of the first strategies I used to use when I had all my negative thoughts and all the different things. I like that because it's very visual and I'm a visual yeah. learner. And um, you can use it with sound. You can make it sounds if you're an auditory learner. Um, but do it and... And if you're in your house, actually act out, you know, see yourself stepping on a train. You know, it's it's like as well in the morning when you get up and out of bed, you cross over that line into the 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 pool of positivity. Um, right. So the actual stepping out and standing in that pool of positivity, stretching and smiling starts you for the day. Um, smiling, mild, that is absolutely the, the most powerful um, thing you can do, even if you're feeling sad, angry, whatever, because if you smile, you cannot be angry. You cannot be any of those negative emotions. Please try it. Try the next time you feel something, put a smile on your face, something magical happens and you get all those endorphins and everything coming and it makes you feel better. And it's amazing. Just watch in a room or watch on Zoom when people are meant to be listening that people don't smile. And if we smiled more, we would feel better. So I think that's two or three things that I've given you that are very simple and easy to do. So visualization, reframing and um, smiling some 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 great advice it's uh it's it's really interesting actually because generally if you get one person in a room laughing for a certain length of time you find that other people in a room will start laughing as well it's contagious basically so that's right so smiling you know yeah absolutely so 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 great advice there so, so on the basis of your story who's actually helped you has, has there been a person who's helped you or maybe a oh. book or something you've come across that, that that's helped to develop your mindset over the years um so in terms of support I, I have a, a friend who I just would not have got through everything that I went through without her support she was there for me 24 7 um making sure I was all right feeding me they, they even took me on holiday um paid for me to go on holiday and um they they were just such a massive part of my life for oh, I don't know 20 30 years she's got five kids and I've got four so you can imagine <laughs> some of the days out we had you know they were a bit manic you know so yeah. she played a big part obviously my, my parents uh, were still alive when I went through all that so uh, great deep gratitude and appreciation to them uh, and my sisters and um, in terms of a book I would say the book that I read that changed my life because, you know, I talked about psychology and that and as an educator, but I still couldn't understand why I couldn't achieve certain things in life. And, you know, as I said, I come from a very working class background and this kind of thing was just never spoken about or even thought about back in the 60s and or, or in my parents' upbringing. And that's another story. Um, but The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, uh, Darren Hardy, I think that's his second name, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you know, do you know that book, Paul? The, the, the name sounds familiar. What, what, uh -huh. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan had it as the compound effect. So oh, the compound whether, effect. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether it's positive or negative. And I also learned from Dan Hardy, he is a, a master at storytelling and using metaphor and analogy to help you understand really deep things, you know. So the book, The Compound Effect, is, is filled with all those stories. And he explained quite clearly one of the stories, there's quite a lot in it, but the one that I remember is Three Friends. So one's all fit and healthy and gung-ho, one's excuse my language, but one's like obese and doesn't do any exercise and one's like neither one or the other, you know, in the middle. And the the, the way that he told the story was that whether if you just keep sitting on the couch, eating crisps, watching TV, you're putting junk in so you only get junk out and it compounds. But if you even do five minutes of exercise a day and read five minutes of something good and, and watch less TV each day, you, you're fueling your mind with positivity and what it needs to nurture it so that it can become a growth mindset. So he tells us amazing story about that. So obviously the, the chap put on more weight. The other chap got leaner and fitter. And the one that was neither here nor there, well, he was a bit of a status quo. But the best, the best story he tells about the compound effect was um, if I gave you a penny each day, yeah. um, it compounded, or three million pound, what would you take, you know? And I, I suppose at different times people would say, I'll take the three million pound. But actually when you compound a penny, I think it's something like 13 million you get at the end of it, you know, wow. because it doubles every day. And yeah. in the beginning, and this is the thing about the compound effect, in the beginning you don't see any significant change. The significant change doesn't yeah. come until much later to the last, like, I don't know, I think it's seven or five times, you yeah. know? So so that compound effect um, really changed my mind and how I looked at things and gave me lots of strategies to use. So I would say that that was the first book that made me sit up and think, you know what, I can do this. I can change my mind. I can master my mind. If he can do it, I can do it. And that's my attitude in life. <laughs> Look for the evidence. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a great book. You know, I'm a master believer in, you know, cause and effect. And it's very similar to yeah. the compound effect is the causes yeah. that you put in. You don't always get the effect straight away, but you will get them at some points if you continue to put those causes in. So it's, uh, you know, it's very, very similar. Um, so so on, on your, your, you know, your, your travels and your career, uh, is there any funny stuff? I'm sure you've got plenty of funny stories, but is there... And a funny story that you could possibly share with the listeners? Funny story? I'm a bit serious. Although people say I'm funny all the time, but um, I, I think education knocked a lot of my fun out of me for 25 <laughs> years. A funny story? Do you know what? Um, actually, funny, funny stories for me always involve children, you know? Yeah. Children just make me smile broadly and laugh. And sometimes funny stories are just about maybe you see somebody doing something. Um, I, I'm really struggling to think of a funny story, um, which is I must actually, next time somebody asks me this, I'll have a story to tell. So I've, I've usually got stories for everything, but a funny story <laughs> is... Um, I can tell you a funny story when I was um, 
this is a funny story, right? Um, but it goes back years and years ago to when I was first married. And I got married at 17. Horror, yeah. I know, right? Yeah. And my mother was teaching me, you know, I was wanting to make a pot of soup and things like that. So in those days, it wasn't supermarkets. So we went to the, the grocer. And, you know, I was having to buy carrot and onion and everything like that. And I can tell this story today without laughing, but it took me years and years and years um, to tell the story without falling about laughing. So the, the chap behind the counter says, how can I help you? And I says, can you tell me how many onions are in a pound of carrots? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and these are the kind of things you think happen to you when you get older and you get a bit like dementia, but my <laughs> God, they happen when you're young. So, yeah, things like that. That, that story really, really, really sticks in, in my mind because I think it's one of the first times that I did anything like that. It's a very simple little story, but how many carrots you get in a pound onion or how many onions you get in a pound of carrot? Um, the guy I, just I, I, looked at me, he yeah. looked at me and he couldn't stop laughing. And I had to say it a second time to realise I'd made the error, you know, and my mother was shaking her head. And, <laughs> but uh, I I used to not be able to tell that story for laughing, but obviously it's sold now. Um, but yeah, that's my funny little idiosyncratic story about that, you know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I always, I always remember when I was younger and I was working in the princes and they said to me, you need, you need to go and get us a glass hammer and tartan paint. And, 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 and off a puffed, off a puffed. Uh, uh, the, the old one was the long stinger. You can go and get us a long stand. That's, uh, I was going yeah, to say, yeah. that, that's what they did in, in teaching as well. You would get a child, go to Miss so-and-so and ask for a long stand, you know, because they were annoying you in the class or something like that and you had to get them out because they were being disruptive. Yeah, so, yeah, lots of that. And actually, I can't even think, I should sit down and, and really get into the recesses of my mind and think of some of the funny things from teaching. I used to say, I need to write that story down, I need to write that story down. And do you know what? I never ever did it. And we didn't have mobile phones, so we couldn't even do voice recording in those days either. So right. a lot of them are, you know, they're they're floating about somewhere in the in the deep regions of my recesses of my in, mind. In the in the ether. I in the ether, yeah. So it's it's been brilliant having you on the podcast, Brenda. So I always finish with that last piece of advice you've got for the listeners. So what would be that last piece of advice? Oh, that last piece of advice is just enjoy life. Do not take yourself too seriously. Allow yourself to laugh at yourself. And um, it doesn't matter what goes on in the outside of you. What matters is who you are on the inside. The most intriguing and interesting, incredible journey that you can go on in life is the inner journey. And if you've not started yours, I would urge you to start yours today. But just love with all of your heart. It doesn't matter. You know, no arguments worth the hassle and all the upset that you give. So be you, let it go, and just enjoy life. I know that was quite a lot, but that is really profound, you know, uh, 64 years on this planet, and that's what I've learned. <laughs> Brilliant. That That is great advice, Brenda. It really is. So um, thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing your story and your thoughts on mindset. It really is appreciated. 
Thank you very much, Paul, for having me. I really loved it. You're welcome. It's been great having Brenda on the podcast today, you know, to, to listen to her story of adversity, you know, and what she's been through, to then come out of that and become a, a very successful teacher, you know, have a career as a coach and now, you know, as, as a book publisher and everything that she does, you know, it's quite an inspirational story. And tapping into Brenda's insights into mindsets, you know, she talked about the ICANN mindset. She was talking about emotional intelligence and understanding who you are. She shared that plot twist technique, which is really powerful and useful, and talked about the compound effect and how every single small action that we take, eventually it will add up. And, you know, and, and not to take yourself too seriously. And at the end of the day, the inner journey is the most important one that you'll go on. So I do think it's been a, a great episode today with Brenda. And obviously, if you are interested in book publishing, then do contact Brenda at uh, Book Brilliance or even drop me a line and I can give you advice as well. So I hope you've enjoyed the episode and I'm going to leave you with this. We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion, poetry, beauty, romance, love. These are what we stay alive.